Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about our goals for the 2018-2019 season. So we're going to just kind of go around the table here, talk about anything really we're looking to achieve. Uh, But before we get into today's topic, let's do uh, updates. So Jake, what have you been up to? Uh, I haven't been up to too much. Um, I did pull trail camera out from behind my house, pulled a card, took my daughter back there. So that was fun. We went for a hike in the woods. So we, I ended up carrying her most of the way because she said the woods are scary, but went and pulled a card, took it back, checked it out. Same deer that had been showing up at my uh, camera back there. I had put some corn out initially, but there was not any left. They had the coons, mostly raccoons had gotten into it. But I did get the same deer, um, the large, there is a pretty nice buck back there that he's still sticking around. It's not a, camera's not really in a location to get a good pattern on the deer, but we'll see kind of, right now they're, he's showing up during daylight, but a lot of things change when the velvet comes off. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. I'll kind of keep an eye on him. Um, it's not really my top priority property. It's kind of a challenging place to hunt back there just because it's the proximity to residential housing and stuff like that it's in and out it's kind of a challenge so I don't spend a ton of time back there but I did get some uh, kind of cool I got some pictures of some coyotes which I've gotten in the past um, in that area there's a pretty good population of coyote but I did get some coyote coming through so um, the more the deer hang around and their scent starts showing up on that site the coyotes tend to show up that's about it. I do plan tomorrow to hopefully get out to the horse farm and then also on the way out to the other farm out towards Youngstown. Hopefully get out there and check both those cameras. Hopefully everything goes okay with that because the camera I did have out at the horse farm, I went and tried to check it about a week ago, I think, and turns out it was not functioning. Oh, bummer. So still a mystery as to what's out there. It was uh, just seems like the camera just kind of took a dump. I can't seem to get it fixed. I tried to research it. It seems like something that happens with that brand of camera. It was a discount camera. I didn't spend a ton of money on it. So, But it's never good when you're – it's more the intel that was lost that I'm more bummed about. Yeah. Camera's replaceable, but that two-week period where it was soaking – and I thought it was taking pictures, I can't get back. So hopefully it's not too late and I can get some sort of a pattern out there because that property is a mystery to me. I don't have any idea what's there uh, or where the deer are moving, when they're moving. So I'm trying to get something put together before season, figure out how I'm going to hunt it, when I'm going to hunt it, if it's going to be early season, if I'll wait till the rut, um, or if it's a late season property. You know, there may be nothing on the camera. The deer may just use that in the late season. Right. So we'll see. Uh, I'm hoping to get those cards pulled um, and just kind of hopefully get an idea as to what's going on. Uh, but that's about it for me. Jeff, what do you have going on? Uh, this week I uh, put up a new ground blind. Um, I'm excited about this spot. It's kind of a pinch point between some bedding and uh, a feeding area. So I'm excited about the spot. I primarily put the blind up for my wife because she's afraid of heights, doesn't like to uh, go into the tree stands. Um, so I primarily put it up for her so that she had a good spot. And I'm also excited about the spot because I really think it's going to be a good place to get in and out without being detected by deer. Um, there's a really nice ravine that you can walk down in, you know, all the way from the road 
to the the ground blind just pop up right out of the ravine and go right in the back door of the ground blind. So oh, I'm hoping cool. it's going to be really uh, minim- minimally invasive. Hopefully keep your scent down in there. and Sounds good. Access is important. So yeah, yeah. that'll be cool. So no other updates? <clears throat> I don't have anything. So uh, with that, I guess we'll, we'll get into this week's episode. So like we said, we're going to talk about our goals for the 2018 season. So every year I like to sort of make some plans for the season. I think everybody has some aspirations as they go into the hunting season every year. Uh, so just kind of wanted to go around with you guys today, talk about what your goals are, talk about what my goals are, and see where the conversation takes us. So I'll start. I, I put a list together here, number of different uh, kind of categories. One of them I'll start off with is is kind of simple, but I want to keep a hunting journal this year. So growing up, you know, we they always had that journal at the cabin where they would kind of write down what they saw that day, and um, it wasn't it wasn't so much a scouting tool as uh, just documenting the time. And I think that's kind of what I want to do. I want to try see if I see if I can stick to it. Uh, I think it'll be interesting for you know my kids to read someday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely. Even to this day, we go even though we've already read that journal down at the cabin, <laughs> right, cover to cover, cover to cover. Back. Yeah, we still go down there and read it because it's just it's nice to look back and see yeah. you know what our dad and his friends were doing before we were even hunting down there. You know, they talk about the areas, and you can kind of from the way they explain it, you're like, oh, I know where that's at by that old oil tank or yeah. you know or whatever. So it's it's kind of cool. Another uh, funny thing about this is that uh, Amber, my wife, uh, she is very excited. She got the idea of making a uh, hunting journal, so she's very excited. So Ah. maybe you guys can, uh, you know, share notes. We can journal together. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's cute. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's cheesy. I don't know. Maybe it'll be cool. I don't, like I said, I don't don't think I'm going to try and document it from a uh, the wind was this way, the, you know, and use it as a scouting tool. I, I, I might. Um, but I think my main, my primary goal is just to kind of jot down some thoughts from the hunt, what I saw, just some, anything interesting. Yeah. I think that would be nice. I mean, I, now that you bring it up, I mean, I might even try to do something like that for some, just cause it's good to tell the story, Yeah, you know, what's going on and what you saw, what you didn't see. Yeah. If you froze your butt off, if you didn't, you know, just right. kind of something to look back on so that there's some sort of story for, like you said, your kids to read or yeah. someday our, you know, our grandkids will read our story about, you know, that one time when we went out and whatever got rained on or mm-hmm. froze our butts off yeah. or whatever. Jeff fell in a creek. Yeah. 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 True story. So that's my, my plan there. Uh, another thing that I've, I really want to look into is that we've got these properties that we've hunted, you know, down, down at the cabin we've hunted since we were little. Uh, we've got the farm out on the east side of the state and we've hunted them, but I don't feel like I really have an intricate knowledge of how the deer are using the ground. I know for me, I just kind of have set up where there's good sign, but I don't, really know like yep for sure the deer are bedding here and they're coming down here to feed part of that is because 
there's no food plots or anything. You know, it's not like there's well-defined, yep, this is the food source around. I think we, we could do a better job of understanding bedding, which I think could help us um, understanding how the deer are moving on the landscape. And so I really kind of want to spend some time this year looking at maps, but we've looked at maps a lot, but just like on the ground, kind of trying to put more of the pieces together so that I can build this mental picture of uh, how the deer are using the property. Hopefully to be a better hunter. Yeah. I, I mean, definitely down at the cabin. I think that's uh, down in Southern Ohio. I think that's kind of the main in my mind, you know, learning that property because, um, I mean, it's a blend of, you know, some private property we have permission on, uh, national forest, and then there's a portion that's leased and, you know, there's different spots down there and kind of how it all goes together. I mean, we just assume the deer are hiding in the thick stuff, you know, they're bedding in the thick stuff, um, which is I'm sure true on some level. Um, but more of how do we utilize that information and make it, use it to our advantage, um, especially prior to gun season. Um, down yeah. there, gun season, everything goes out the window yeah. because there's a lot of people, um, and it's a pretty rural area, pr- primarily when it's not gun season. Um, so I, those deer know when it's gun season because the car traffic goes up a hundredfold. Um, you know, they know and they go into their hidey holes and you never see them. Um, you know, cause we've seen in the last couple of years, we've put cameras down there and there are big deer down there. Um, I mean, you're not talking 200 inch Boone and Crockett deer necessarily, but there's respectable, mature bucks. Um, and they don't get that way by making themselves seen when people have guns. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it would be interesting, especially, um, we plan on trying to make a rut trip down there. Uh, we try to do that every year. Um, that would be an important time, I think, to try and know where the bedding is. Um, cause that'll be where the does are, which will then pull where the bucks are. So, um, I think that would be a good goal to try and figure out how the deer use that land down there kind of naturally. Right. Um, I mean, during gun season, people are all over the woods, so the deer aren't acting natural. But in their natural progressions, it'd be interesting to know. Um, I think we'd be surprised how much of that land is kind of void of activity that we're kind of wasting our time sitting in. Yeah. Well, um, even even down there, definitely. But even the farm out on the east side of the state, it's like, you know, we've got access to a, a small chunk. A lot of it is ag field that once the crops come out is... Barren wasteland. Of, right, <laughs> yeah. right. And so how are the deer moving from the neighboring properties, some of these other smaller woodlots, and connecting those dots, if you will? The deer are probably bedding in, in this woodlot, and they're, they're maybe filtering across this field or, or you know... They're skirting the edge of this field to get over, you know, to this other area. Why are they doing that? When are they doing that? Those sort of things to try and hunt that more effectively. Um, so that's one of my other 2018 goals. So to shift gears a little bit um, from a food aspect, because, we, you know, we talked that food and hunting is a, is a big thing. I want to try deer heart this year. 
I've never tried deer heart, never eaten it, never cooked it. So that's one of my one of my goals for this year. I, I know uh, I'm a buddies with a guy, he's a chef, and I'm going to ask him for some tips on preparing heart, but uh, that's one of my goals. You that's, guys ever partaken in on any of the, the wobbly bits, as Hank Shaw calls them? Uh, I have not. Um, I, you know, in the last couple of years, I've kind of started tossing the idea around um, of using... Cause you know, it's just part of utilizing the whole deer. Um, I mean, I don't, I'd be willing to try heart, um, or liver, or, you know, those type of things. Um, I don't know that I would go into the brains and the eyeballs and those kind of, yeah, no, not really my cup of tea, but, um, the heart definitely, um, you know, the, like at this point we, you know, in our, the way we were brought up, you just discard all of that stuff. Um, but I've heard from different people that that's, I mean, they like that. It's some of the best meat that they get out of the deer. So I'd be willing to try deer heart. I know a guy that asks me to save them. I've saved them a couple before and, and just never really done anything with them myself. But I've seen some pictures of people that have prepared it online. It looks good. Like they got it all sliced up and plated up, you know, and it looks good, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, and also just the actual logistics of, you know, because you shoot a deer way off in the woods, you got to have something that actually, you know, you got it and you got to actually have something to put the heart and the liver and whatever other, you know, organ meat you want to take. And logistically, it's just a little difficult. Yeah. Because I've, I've, uh, you know, I've removed the liver and stuff for other people. Uh, the heart before, um, but I've never ate it. My well, I may have ate eaten liver before. Yeah, deer liver. Um, I think when Dad cooked it just to try it, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't really, I didn't really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I haven't prepared any of any of the organ meat myself. I uh, I've been carrying a a gallon Ziploc bag in my pack, but like you said, like the the, the hearts I have saved are are been ones that have been kind of close to the vehicle or, or a home or something because I don't, like, I, it's going to be in a gallon Ziploc bag, but how banged around can it get in my pack before it turns to mush sort of thing? That's And without trying it, I guess I'll never know. Yeah, I would imagine so. that Oregon, you know, that they're, they're pretty delicate compared to another piece of meat. You know, I would I just, I would imagine they're yeah. delicate. I don't know, though. I mean, just based on anatomy, the heart, I would say you probably would be okay. I mean, your heart's a muscle. It's just a muscle, yeah. So all the meat you eat off a deer is muscle. Yeah. Um, it's prob- I would imagine it's probably, it may bruise or, you know, if you bang it around, it's probably a, it doesn't have a whole lot of rigidity to it. Um, but the liver might be a different story. You know, that's not... I never said liver. I'm just going hard. <laughs> just going hard. <laughs> One thing at a time. Yeah, yeah. Baby steps. <laughs> so, uh, I've got a couple more here, but if you guys, Jeff, you got some you want to, we'll kind of go around the table here and you can, we can come back to some of my other ones. Well, my first one, now this one might be a little strange, is uh, I want to kill a black squirrel. Uh, you know, to finish off my Ohio Squirrel Grand Slam. So I got a question about this. Is the is this Ohio Squirrel Grand Slam? Is this a thing? Like if if people Google Ohio Squirrel Grand Slam, 
No, I made it up myself. <laughs> I made this up. So now um, it's a thing. Now it's a thing. But we need well, t-shirts and everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I made it up, but... Uh, uh, I saw a story in Field and Stream where a guy did like what they were calling the U.S. Slam, and there was like eight species of squirrels. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've I saw someone else talk about it after I had the idea, mm-hmm. um, but I I never had. I kind of made it a uh, a three squirrel thing because I I never thought I would have the opportunity to kill a black squirrel. Right. So just for clarity's sake let's go through this here what is the ohio squirrel grand slam because it's a thing now it's a thing now so we need to lay it out as to what species are included what are we looking for so you're looking for the gray squirrel the eastern gray squirrel the fox squirrel the red squirrel or the pine squirrel as a lot of people call them they're the real small ones and then the you know the crown jewel would be the black squirrel which is a color phase of the gray squirrel okay um, the only place I've ever seen a black squirrel is in the city. So you're planning on sniping I'm, one? I'm on some in the woods. I I know where some are in the woods. So I'm so I got a hot lead. Why does that? Any what what causes a a black color phase gray squirrel? I know this is kind of off topic, but it's piqued my curiosity. I believe it's just a genetic variation. You know, it's uh, just like brown hair versus blonde hair, except Black squirrels are genetically inferior, inferior, if you will, because you can pick them out a lot better. Right. You know, hawks can see a black squirrel very easily, you know, especially when the leaves are off the trees. So they can pick them out and snatch them up. Huh. Well, that, uh, I'm going to jump back in here on one of my goals because that is a nice segue to one of my other goals for this year is to hunt things other than deer like squirrels and rabbits we've you know we did that growing up but it, if i'm being honest it's been years since i've done any squirrel or rabbit hunting and i uh my chef friend we've talked about doing a wild game dinner as a fundraiser for our church we go to church together and um, kind of excited about that actually hopefully possibly expose people that have never had wild game to to wild meat and so part of that i'm hoping to be able to provide some deer some squirrels some rabbits um i've got a i've got a turkey breast left so maybe a turkey we'll have to see i don't know that's my first turkey i might be selfish and keep that for myself but uh so yeah do some small game hunting yeah and that kind of brings me back to one of mine here we go because uh another one of my goals is to uh eat more game meat um you know, squirrels, dove, um, maybe some rabbit. Um, discovered last fall that I was allergic to rabbit fur and blood. I was gonna say, I hope your goal is to not skin a rabbit this year. So yeah, I I can't I can't touch those, but uh, you know, and uh, try to convince my wife to eat a little bit. You know, she she'll eat deer. She loves deer, um, but that's about the extent of it. Um, so I'm trying to expose her to some, some other game meat and, uh, you know, cause I've, I've had her try some other game meat, but it's more like, oh, Hey, I, you know, killed a couple of squirrels. Let's just, you know, fry them up or whatever. And I'm not really preparing them as a dish. Right. You know? Okay. Yeah. My wife won't touch uh rabbit. She had a pet rabbit growing up. So 
She is anti-rabbit <laughs> hunting. Off the menu, They're man. off the menu. Yeah, she doesn't even really want me to hunt rabbit. Um, but like you said, we haven't really done much of that hunting in the last couple of years anyhow. Um, so I don't know. I She probably, she definitely would never eat rabbit. She may eat squirrel. I don't know. She just doesn't really have an interest in it. Um, but if I begged her, she might try it and might be surprised. But um, so, guess, Jake, let's switch to you. We've we've gone through a couple of ours. What do you got for some 2018 um, goals? I guess kind of on that topic to piggyback a little bit. Um, one of my 2018 goals would be to shoot a wild turkey. Mm. Never shot a turkey, so um, that's one of them. Would be to get a turkey in the spring. Um, so I guess that technically would be 2019, but we'll call it 2018 yeah. season. I kind of lump all that. I mean, even yeah. though technically I guess it's next year's hunting license. Are, yeah. are you going to buy a fall tag in case one walks by while you're deer hunting? I just thought of that idea just now when you said it. I never crossed my mind. I might. Um, I don't know. Probably depends on where I'm hunting and if I've seen turkey there. <laughs> um, you know, So if I'm in a spot... Cause I'm not exactly sure where, what properties I'm going to hunt when you're talking with your bow. Is that? Yeah. 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 While you're bow hunting, one happens to just walk by, you know, I've harvested a turkey or two that way. Yeah. Uh, well, Jeff, cause you, oh, it's your place. You got turkeys running everywhere, man. Every time you post pictures, there's turkeys. Um, but I guess one of my goals, like I said, would be to get a wild turkey this year. Um, another one, that's different um, though. Like one just walking by, that's that's different like, than calling one in. And would that be your first one? That'd be my first turkey. Yeah. So you got to you got to decide, right. right? How do you, do you want to get your first one? Do you want your first one to be one that just happened to walk by? Happened to want, fall into my arrow, <laughs> right? Or do you want one that you know you worked in on the calls, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah know. I'm, my first turkey was a bearded hen. You know, so that, <laughs> you know, I, yes, I called it in, but it wasn't a Tom. So, I mean, that was Jeff's right. always got to be the oddball. Always. Yeah. Um, I guess another one, um, would be to, uh, try to take, I have some buddies that are try to take someone new hunting. Um, I just think it's important to try and share that with other people who don't either have the opportunity or just haven't been asked or, you know, weren't raised in a hunting family. Um, so I have a couple friends that I've tried one, um, he hunts, he just, uh, originally from upstate New York and he now lives in Ohio and just doesn't really have anywhere to hunt, um, plus work schedule and that kind of stuff. So I keep asking him every year and one year he was close and then his kids got sick. I think it was for gun season. So he didn't make it. And then ever since it's been kind of work or different things. So I'm going to keep bugging him, see if I can get him down for gun season. What about muzzleloader? What do you, what do you, cause I've got an extra muzzleloader now. Would he be interested in going down for muzzleloader or doing some muzzleloader hunting? I know we haven't gone to the down yeah, south right, for muzzleloader. Yeah, he might. I could ask him. I don't know. I've only asked him for gun week. Um, I bring it up it's to him. It's been brutally cold the past cup, past two, hasn't it been? Yeah, yeah. It's been terrible, but yeah, last year was we toughed it cold. out. Yeah, it was super, super cold. Um, so that's one. Uh, another one that I have here on my little list I wrote out. Um, I have a goal of harvesting a mature deer before gun season. Um, I kind of piggyback that one off of last year, uh, which I was successful in doing. Um, it just makes gun season a little different when you already have one in the freezer. You don't have to put so much pressure on yourself to 
you know, get a deer to feed your family type thing. So it allows you to kind of relax a little more. And I know down at, when we're down at the cabin, the older generation likes to spend a little more time sitting around drinking beer and chitty chatting, telling stories. We might have to leave them in the dust this year. I know. Cause we, uh, we're chomping at the bit to get out there because <laughs> we just don't have as much free time. You know, the one guy that's down there, he's retired, so he's able to go down there and hunt pretty much any time he wants. Um, you know, and we just, the last, well, probably the last 10 years, I haven't been able to take the whole week. You know, I only have half the week. Um, so I'm, I want to be in the woods as much as possible, and those guys want to spend a lot of time eating lunch and relaxing. <laughs> so here's a question for you on that. You said a mature deer, is that a, are you talking a buck or a doe? Because you said it's, it takes the pressure off if you already have one in the freezer. Uh, yeah, on my list here, I said preferably a buck, but I'm not going to let a large doe pass me either. Um, just because my primary goal is to feed the family and get a deer in the freezer. Um, so especially if I, um, last year I was able to get a buck opening day, Um, but the most likely place I'll be opening day as of now would be the farm out on the east side of the state. Um, and in the past, the history of that farm is the deer disappear come pretty much after opening day. Uh, there's some other people that hunt the surrounding areas and have also have permission to hunt the farm. Um, and they just, the differing schedules, I think, and, it's just too much pressure on the deer, too many guys in and out of the woods. Well, um, and we've gotten pictures of guys out there on four-wheelers and side-by-sides tearing through yeah, the fields. Through the fields like, right. Um, so those deer either move to new property or they lock down pretty tight, I think, from probably the second week of September, probably through gun season. I would imagine those deer are pretty locked in um, just because of the pressure, you know, people in and out between – our family hunting out there um and like i said there's other guys who have permission um unfortunately the landowner out there has trouble saying no (laughs) um so anyone who asks basically he for the most part lets them tromp around in the woods so now the problem we have is there's a guy out there who specifically turkey hunts in the fall so Mm -hmm. i know that brings a little animosity in for some of the guys who are deer hunters because he's out there tromping around turkey hunting which is typically more of a mobile style of hunting especially in the fall because the strategy which we can get into on a completely later podcast but typically your fall strategy is to walk around and blow the flock up spread them out and then call them all back together so it's a lot of walking and crunching branches and it pushes the deer far far away well and i want to i want to go back to you said about the landowner out there lets everybody on which is good and bad, right? I mean, it's it's bad for when you've already got permission and, and you kind of want to know where the people are and, and that you've kind of got, like, it's everybody's dream to have their own spot, right? Right. But it's good from the state that, or the standpoint that not many people say yes anymore. Right. You know, it's either public or you're you're paying for something. I'm not right. saying that, that, that everybody's that way, but... You know, what we read on social and, you, you know, you hear about online and stuff is that it's hard to get right. permission on of, private ground knock on a lot of doors. if you don't know somebody already from another avenue. Right. So. 
Um, let's see what else I have here on my list for goals. Um, uh, another goal I have, um, and it's something I've been able to do in the past, but it's just something that I like to try to focus on doing is I'd like to harvest a deer on public land, um, just cause it has different challenges with it. Um, so a lot of times that for, uh, for me personally, that would be during gun season. That's primarily when I hunt public land down at the cabin. Um, or like I said, we are doing a rut, um, weekend type thing down there. So I might be able to kind of kill two birds with one stone if I get a mature deer on public land before gun season. Um, that would be dream, I guess. But, yeah. um, so it's just kind of something else just cause, um, the public land hunter, it's kind of a fading. I mean, a lot of people do it, but all the things you see in media, um, typically is private managed big deer. Um, so just being able to do that on public land where it's just as much hunting the people as you are the deer. And by that, I mean, not hunting people, but you have to, you know what I mean? You <laughs> let's have to, clarify. Let's clarify that. But um, the strategy is just as much knowing what other people are doing and how the deer are going to react to that than actually hunting the deer, so yeah. to speak. You know, you have to try to figure out where people are accessing and how that's going to push the deer and where the deer might be staying to avoid the common people right access routes and i feel like there's starting to be a resurgence in like the do-it-yourself thing I, I feel like for a while there it got you know the the farms and the the guided stuff got big but there's a lot of guys that are doing the diy well let me rephrase it there's a lot of guys doing the diy where they've got they can manage the property right they can put food plots in they can cut timber they can do whatever but i also think there's a resurgence in that challenge of finding a mature buck on public land because like you said there's a lot of other variables in there some of it just it comes down to dumb luck right. you know in some right. cases you're in the right spot at the right time but uh it's it's definitely an interesting goal jeff do you have uh any uh, more on your list i've got a few more here if you my uh main deer season goal is I'd like to harvest a mature buck this year. Um, in years past, my goal has always been to fill the freezer. You know, if a mature buck comes by, that's great. Um, you know, and I've I've specifically hunted for bucks before, but I've never really went out and was hunting for mature bucks early in the season, so, intentionally seeking them. So what are you classifying as a mature buck? Uh, that's more or less going to be a judgment call, but I mean, I'm looking for something with a, you know, a larger rack, a larger body deer. You know, I don't have a, a point count or a score or anything like that. Um, you know, it's kind of going to be more of a judgment call, whatever. Just Basically, something that gets your heart going, gets you excited, looks like it's a, a big deer. Yeah, yeah. And I, I basically, I'm going to hunt for the, the biggest deer that I get on trail camera, sure. you know, the biggest couple, you know, so whatever those are, that's, that's what I'm going to go for. And I'm going to put more of an effort to harvesting one of them than I am just filling the freezer. You know, I'm going to try to hold off filling the freezer maybe till a little later in the season. So here's a scenario for you. Does that, so you you are going to look at the couple largest bucks you have on your camera what if come November 
you're, you're hunting. It's the rut, and anything can happen in the rut. And you have a deer run by that you've never, you don't have any pictures of, you've never seen. Do you let it go because you're, you're hunting one of these two or three big deer that you got on camera? Or are you going to take a shot at that deer? Absolutely not. I'm going to take a shot at that <laughs> okay. deer. You know, that's, <laughs> okay. if, it's, if, if I deem it to be a mature buck, you okay. know, a nice, yeah, I'm going to take a shot at that one. Okay. But I'm, you know, I'm going to set my goal for, I guess, what's mature by what I'm seeing sure. and just try for, for the highest, you know, the, the, the top of what I'm seeing. So I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, but to just to clarify, put it in a different wording, you're basically looking for a representative buck for your area, a large representative buck for your area. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So you're not, like you said, you're not putting a score on it. You're not looking for, you know, a 140 or a 150. You're just looking for something that resembles the larger deer you see on your property. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say even so, even if it's not a, a giant rack, you know, if that deer looks old and haggard, you know, an old buck, um, you know, I got one last year on trail camera during the rut, and it didn't have the greatest of racks, but it looked old. Yeah. It looked ancient. You know, if that if that deer walked by, I think I'd harvest it if mm-hmm. I could. I think it'd be kind of cool to just, and again, this is just not that I've harvested big bucks by any means. Um I, I've always thought it would be cool to kind of just get an ugly buck. Something with just like a trashy, ugly rack on yeah. it that's just like... Obviously, it would have to be some sort of a mature-ish deer to develop typically that type of um, antler growth. But just something that's... It's all scarred, scarred up. up. And yeah, and just kind of a... Ears are all ripped up. Right, a beat-up old deer. Blind in one eye. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I prefer the unique bucks. Yeah. You know, I, I'd probably harvest a smaller buck if it, there was something unique about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've seen pretty small bucks that, you know, their antlers just take a 90-degree turn, you know, just to the inside or, you know, to the outside. And, you know, something unique. I, I like that. I think that's more interesting a lot of times. And just monster bucks. Right. So back on your goal, at what point do you flip your switch? Are you? What do you set, mean by that? And what I mean by that is, at what point are you going out of big buck hunter to meat hunter? You got to fill your freezer to feed your family. Is that gun season? When's your cutoff? Do you have a date? Gun season. I I'm gonna focus on filling the freezer. I would say. Um. And I probably gun season's probably pretty close to where the cutoff is. Because if I'm not, if I don't have the, the freezer filled, um, you know, those those weeks after gun season, the pressure really starts to mount to, you know, get get the meat. So gun season's probably, it's probably a good arbitrary point. You know, I'm, it's going to be more of a judgment call. I mean, my wife's hunting, so she may fill the freezer this year, and I, I may not harvest anything except for... You know, if you get a chance at a big one, right, right. We'll we'll see how lucky she is. Will it depend on property? Like what I mean by that is, are you gonna target a big mature buck on at your place, but down at the cabin 
I guess because it's a one buck state, we're all, we're a one buck state. It kind of it can't really depend on property. You have to have a if you're going for a mature buck on your property, then you have to pass all small bucks on other properties. Right. 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 Yeah. Okay. Well, and kind of on that property though, too. Another thing, and I, I know you, Jeff. I don't know how much you plan to hunt the farm out on the east side of the state, but. Um, the landowner out there specifically asked us to kind of put a dent in the deer population because he's a farmer and they get into his crops. Um, so out there, I kind of have a, I don't want to say an obligation, but I sometimes have trouble letting the does walk because I know that's the way to kind of cut his deer population down to where they're not getting into his crops as much. Um, and whether you or I or any of us would have an actual impact just because of the property out there. I mean, there's a lot, it's farmland. There's a lot of space. So if we take the, you know, all the does off of his woodlot, I'm sure more deer are going to move in just because it's, there's not a lot of cover. Yeah. But that's kind of the one thing that I toss around when I'm out there hunting, you know, I prefer to at least opening day, you know, the first beginning of the season, I kind of toss around like, yeah, I want to shoot a, respectable buck if you know i'm not going to shoot anything else but then you know if a big nanny doe walks out it's hard for me to not take it if you know if it's walks right in right into range easy slam dunk it's tough for me to turn that down yeah we'll see we'll see what happens this year you know it's it's easy to say i plan to only shoot a big buck but at least for me i my adrenaline starts pumping still with any deer um, you know, it's just hard to let any of them. Walk. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, even the yearlings, I mean, I try to let them, I, I let them walk, but it's it still gets my heart pumping, you yeah. know, just because it's right there and it's coming together the way it's supposed to. And yeah, I kind of have a funny thing here. If I, if a deer sees me, I feel more obligated to shoot it. I don't know <laughs> really? why, but if it, if it walks by and is a, oblivious to me, you know, I, it's a lot easier for me to just let it go by. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, it goes by and it looks up in the tree and sees me and, you know, starts snorting at me or something, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know if I get angry or, you know, it's kind of <laughs> like, well, you know, and then I, 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 I'm, I'm a lot more likely to shoot it. You know, if, if it spots me, I'm a lot more likely to shoot it. And I don't, I don't really know why. Hmm. But if it if it just cruises by, typically I'll let it go. Okay. But when they when they spot me, it's like, well, now you spotted me, so you know. So you let an arrow fly. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think uh, for me the last one, and this is kind of an ongoing goal for me, is just continuing to sort of refine my setup. Every year I try to make it a little better, make it work better my gear my kit that i take in i mean i used to just anything that i thought i might need went in my pack and it was like this hugely heavy pack that 90 percent of the stuff i put in there i never took out but i carried it around with me all hunting season uh now i'm trying to be much more thoughtful on what i'm putting in my pack and not only that but like when i put my tree stand up i i 
uh, I've kind of got a run and gun set up with a light tree stand and, you know, aluminum tree stand, aluminum tree steps. And, you know, my pull up ropes, making sure they're the right length so that they're not getting tangled on stuff. And I want to, I've done some research on adding some aiders to my tree step to get, you know, a couple extra feet out of them. Cause right now I'm carrying four steps, four of the, um, the Hawk, what are they? The Hawk helium steps, I guess the, they're, they're lightweight aluminum. And I'm hoping that if I put an aider on each one of my steps, I can eliminate one of those steps and get to the same height that I was getting to with four. I've seen some guys do like two step aiders. I don't know that I want to go that long, especially if I'm going to put it on each one of my steps. But uh, you know me, I've always got to be tinkering with something. And so that's, that's, I just ordered some, some uh, one inch tubular webbing today to, to make these aiders. So we'll see. I'm hoping to el- be able to eliminate one of my steps because they're pretty, I think they're two some pounds a piece. It's not a lot, but two some pounds is not insignificant either. So that's another one of my goals. You guys got any, Jeff, you got any I, more? I have one more goal. Um, and uh, this one kind of ties into uh, getting new people hunting. And uh, to it ties into a lot of the things we talked about. I'd really like um, my wife's family. They do, on Thanksgiving morning, they do a rabbit hunt. You know, they all go out and do a rabbit hunt. And, uh, you know, we've tried it, um, you know, on our side of the family you know, a couple of years, but it's always kind of last minute, um, you know, like, Hey, do you guys want to do a rabbit hunt tomorrow? You know, before Thanksgiving. And, uh, this year I'd really like to try to invite more people and kind of really plan it. Um, try to get people out, you know, and, uh, you know, we have cousins and family that have never hunted before. And, you know, if we give them enough notice, they can, you know, get the proper licensing so that, you know, they can come with us and, you know, we can kind of show them the outdoors and what, so, speaking of licensing, what would they need if they've never hunted before? Could they, can you get an apprentice license that would work yes, for that? Yes. They could, they could get the apprentice license. Okay. Um, or they, you know, if they choose to, they could, you know, if they feel more comfortable, they could go through hunter's education, you know, to get a little bit more information on you know safety and stuff like that okay i know that's because like you said we've we've tried in the past and it holidays are hard with you know especially with kids and needing to go multiple places you know it's like i basically have to get up and leave the leave the wife to get ella ready and and everything and come out and hunt i, I think i don't know i haven't really thought through the the logistics of it but I know that's why it's been hard is like, well, we've got to go to places. And if I go there early and hunt, then I don't have a lot of time to spend with family because we're going to be getting back in the car to go somewhere else. And so it's a, definitely a challenge. Jake, any other goals for this season? Uh, the last one I recorded down here on my list is if the opportunity presents itself, I'd like to um, take my daughter out quote-unquote hunting um it obviously wouldn't be much of a hunt uh it's more just get her out in a ground blind and just to kind of say we're hunting because every time i leave the house to go hunting it's challenging 
uh, for her specifically. Um, she's a little bit of a daddy's girl at this stage of her life. So whenever I'm leaving to go hunting, she wants to go with me. And I've always told her no. Um, and actually it was our dad who last year um, kind of hit me with that like truth bomb. Truth bomb, yeah. And he's like, why don't you just take her with you? And I said, well, because she's too loud. She makes too much noise. He said, it's not about that, dude. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. If I get the opportunity, I'd like to take her out and sit her in a ground blind with me, and it won't last long. I mean, she's not – she's three, so it's not yeah. going to – Yeah, yeah, that's real hard because, but, I mean, really you're, you're not going out to hunt. Right. You're, it would essentially be a wasted evening, quote, unquote, if you call it wasted, but it I, it would mean a lot to her, and I think it would be special. So Okay. Well, I think that's been a good kind of round table on our, our goals for the 2018 season. So if everybody, we appreciate all the support, all the likes on Facebook and Instagram. Please subscribe to the channel, uh, not the channel, the show, the podcast, and tell your friends about it. Take a screenshot of you listening to an episode, post it on social, share it with people. We're, we're really just trying to become a resource for hunting in Ohio with good information about hunting in Ohio and, and some of the unique opportunities and challenges that, that that provides. So subscribe to the channel. You'll get notified of new episodes and stay tuned for next week's episode. Thanks.